Over the years, I've really learned to rethink the definition of mentorship. And I think it's really important to have a great mentor. I think it's also important to have what I call mini mentors. So you could have someone who, like this sports agent who you and I are chatting about, um, has been a great mentor to me. I think it's also important to have people who you might not necessarily meet with them once a month or mm-hmm. you might not be able to shoot them a text message whenever you want, but there could be people who you talk to once a year or once every five years or once could be one conversation that can change the trajectory of your career, change the trajectory of your life. Hey there, this is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Lead the Team. Before we jump in, we just broke into the top 3% of all podcasts globally, and that's largely due to the support of listeners just like you. I invite you to subscribe so you're notified when we release a new episode and also leave a quick review. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Lead the Team. I've got a treat for you today with Adam Miller, who's the CEO of the Velos Group, where he co-founded and oversees ventures across a wide variety of industries, including Beverly Hills Chairs, which is the leading seller of refurbished Herman Miller, Arion Chairs in the country. By the way, back in the day, I had one of those chairs. Custom Tobacco, a one-of-a-kind e-commerce platform where customers can create fully customized private label cigars in real time. And of course, the Velo Solutions, Velo Solutions, which is a technology consulting and software development practice. Now, Adam, on a, on a completely different note or a related note, is actually a nationally acclaimed thought leader, writer, and speaker on topics including leadership, entrepreneurship, and management. And Adam is the creator and host of the podcast, 30 Minute Mentors. And he is the first podcast host that we've had here on Lead the Team, where each week he goes one-on-one with one of the most successful people in the country and how they got to the top and how listeners can too. Adam, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Ben, thank you for having me. Exciting to spend this time with you and spend this time with your audience. Yeah, as we get going here, uh, I've been really looking forward to this. As I mentioned, you are the first podcast that I've had on the show, and I like your show. I think it's cool. It's well done and and very insightful. So I thought it was kind of, I had a hard time prioritizing whether we were going to start around your podcast or around your interesting career. And I've got questions on both. So I think we'll start with the podcast side and then we'll dive into uh, more of your interesting career and your business leadership points here. So first off, you're a person you are, that's very, very busy. Why the heck did you start a podcast in the first place? Ben, firstly, thanks again for having me on. And secondly, Never too busy to spend time with you. So, <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I really stumbled into the podcast. So, I started the Velos Group a little bit over a decade ago. It's amazing how time flies. It feels like time is mm-hmm. a blur, especially over these last few years. And built out a few different businesses in different industries and along the way. 
started doing some writing, wrote in a number of different media outlets, and that led to an interview series. The interviews were written interviews where you can go online and read 500,000 word interviews. And after doing a number of those, I just realized that the content that I was putting out would be much better as a podcast and that Hmm. what I was doing was just, it was good stuff, but the best stuff would be in this form of a podcast. And the vision that I had was to create a platform where I could bring to a broad audience of listeners the best network of mentors possible, where for 30 minutes, which in my view is just this magic number, Hmm. you can spend time with one of the most successful people in America, a Fortune 500 CEO, a founder of a household name company, a Hall of Fame athlete, a retired general. And that person can be your mentor for that 30 minutes. And my job is really to give listeners access to that person and to provide a platform where that individual is sharing their best advice so Mm -hmm. that anyone listening can become more successful in their lives, more successful in their careers, more successful as leaders. So if you listen to my podcast, I am probably one of the few podcast hosts that doesn't do all that much talking. I do a lot of listening. I ask questions and I try to mainly get out of the way. I share my thoughts and try to build a little bit on what my guests say. But primarily my view is that uh, my job is to try to bring out the best in my guests and my guests are incredible to begin with. So uh, it isn't really all that hard when you have so many great people off the bat. So uh, hopefully that gives a little bit of color as to how I created this, what my motivation Mm -hmm. was. And one thing I could tell you, Ben, is that, when you love what you do, which I know is the case for you, but when you love what you do, when you're passionate about what you do, um, and something that I tell my audiences that I speak to, whether it's listeners of my podcast, whether it's audiences I speak to when I'm speaking to companies, when I'm speaking at universities, when I'm mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. At, at any event, uh, you want to try to check three boxes. You want to try to find something that you love doing, you want to try to find something that you're great at, and you want to try to find something that allows you to make a positive impact in the lives of others. And when you're able to check all three of those boxes, you know, you found it, that's it. You keep Hmm. going and you can start at the crack of dawn. You can keep going until you have no energy left. And the next day you're going to be fired up to keep going again. So the podcast has been one way I've been able to do just that. There are other ways I do it, but that's one way. And um, I think that anyone who's listening to this conversation could probably feel my passion. Anyone who listens to my podcast can feel my passion. And passion is contagious. It's really what this is all about. I love it. And I love the overlap of those three areas. And you can easily see, you know, for you and, and for me too, I think where podcasting sits in the middle of that. And I think it, it seems like a really good fit. And we're, we're going to get into some of your other areas in your career that are probably in the, in the overlay of those three things. Uh, but no, thank Thanks for sharing that with us. So I'm curious, um, and man, you, you've had a, a star studded group of guests for sure. Uh, what are some of the more memorable moments that have happened so far? I guess you guys are, you're about 
at this point, you're about 190 episodes in, 100, 180 episodes in, more or less. Uh, when is this episode going to air? <laughs> when is it going to air? <laughs> <laughs> Probably November 2020. Or 20, sorry, two, uh, Back to the Future, 2022, November 2022. Yeah, so, so at that point, I'll be probably around the 150 episode mark. 150, right okay, all right. I know you're probably recording lots, and you're kind of scheduling them in to find the right. So 100, 150 in, just sort of off the bat, what have been some of the uh, more memorable moments? Well, every episode creates memorable moments. So that's a great question. I feel like every time I do an interview, I'm – creating mm -hmm. moments for myself. I'm creating moments for my listeners. Hopefully I'm creating moments for my guests and we could go episode by episode. And I can tell you that with every interview I do, I'm learning with every mm -hmm. interview I do, I'm gaining new knowledge, new insights, new nuggets mm -hmm. that are fresh for me and mm -hmm. likely fresh for anyone else listening. So I feel like with every conversation, there are new moments that are being created. Any any favorites come to mind? Um, I know it's hard to choose. I'm not saying choose a favorite interview because I would never put you in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless no, unless you do have one, you want to, but maybe like a an idea that's come out of that, and you're like, oh, okay, that's. Now, honestly, Ben, you could pick the guest, and I could point to that interview, and I could say, all right, that was. That was a nugget from that interview that was amazing. You you tell me, was there a particular interview that you listened to of mine that stood out to you? And we could talk well, about that interview and go into it if you want. Well, let's. this one's going back in the archives. This is, this okay. is too long ago. Let me know. But Dave Cody with Honeywell. Uh, okay. Because I, because I, I had him on my show too. Dave. Yeah. And I saw you did. So that one, um, and I can't remember who, I can't remember when you interviewed him versus I did, but it was around his book coming out and I worked for the guy years ago, but I'm curious if anything comes to mind, uh, that kind of stuck with you from that specific interview. Yeah. 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 I, I, I actually remember now that you're bringing it up, I forgot that Dave was on your show, but I remembered your connection mm -hmm. with Dave. That you had that, um, that you guys went way back with Honeywell. And, um, yeah, something that, that really stood out with me with Dave was that, uh, here is a guy who, when you, when you look at his upbringing, when you look at his history, uh, he has no business being a fortune 100 CEO, <laughs> right? Here's a yeah. guy who barely graduated from high school, mm -hmm. dropped out of college multiple times, barely graduated from college and uh, along the way um, ha was the beneficiary of great mentorship was mentored by Jack Welch. And one of the things that stood out to me was that there was this moment in his career. We spoke about this in the podcast mm -hmm. where he thought that, and I encourage listeners to listen to this conversation, but he thought that his career was over. He mm -hmm. thought that that was it. He did something and he thought that it was, and in reality, that was what springboarded the acceleration of his career. And it was because mm -hmm. he was honest, he was open, he was true to himself. And it really reinforces 
some of the most important principles that every leadership every leader should take to heart, mm-hmm. which is to be a successful leader, you need to know yourself. You need to be authentic. You need to recognize that in order to be successful, it starts from within. It starts from it. It, it ultimately starts from understanding who you are. What about you makes you great? leaning into it and going with it, not being afraid of the consequences. So Ben, do you know what I'm talking about? I know you know Dave, so you probably are familiar with yeah, this. No, I think you I think you said it great there. Okay. And Chris, shout to Dave Cody, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you really hit that hit the nail on the head with, with his story and taking some of those key takeaways. And it is a, he's had a really surprising journey, but that authenticity that he's been able to retain for his whole career, the same guy who is working back in the GE factory, uh, you know, he's learned a few things since then, of course, leadership wise, but he's still, you know, that guy. And he's so darn relatable from that standpoint and how he views the world, I think has been a really, a really, uh, such a positive, it's just created positive returns uh <laughs> for wall street investors employees and been able to lead his team and by the way i want to ask you um you just drew out a lot on somebody this i didn't, I didn't just pull someone you interviewed last week I, I mentioned somebody you interviewed quite a while ago have you always had a memory like that or able to sort of remember these things in, in, in great detail and details you know what? You remember the things that make an impact on you. Mm. So mm-hmm. when you think about, like, if I think about the first baseball game that I went to when I was seven years old, I remember that the Angels were playing the Cleveland Indians. Mm. And I remember I was sitting on the third base side and I was seven years old, but I don't know that I really remember anything else about what I did at age seven. So when it comes to these interviews, there are things that stand out. There are things that really make an impact. Um, and, and I listen to my interviews very closely. First and foremost, while I'm interviewing the guests, I'm deeply engaged. Uh, something that I say almost every episode. And it comes up because my guests bring it up. Great leaders are great listeners. Listening, essential to just about everything you do in life. And I really take that to heart, not only as a podcast host, but as a leader. So when I'm when I'm right there in the heart of my interview, I'm listening. As soon as the interview is over and I'm going back and doing whatever editing we do, I'm listening. So I'm listening to these interviews and how can it not stay with you? We're talking about Dave Cody, the interview... I don't remember when the interview was. So when we're talking about recall of detail, yeah, I, was, tell you I bet that was, was probably or, it was probably a year and a half ago. I suspect. Okay, so let's say it was a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the date of the interview, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I recall the things that were really important. And you asked about a key moment. So the the two really key moments that stood out, and I could throw some other things out as well. But the two that really stood out, one was. Just that, I don't know if I'd call it a moment, but really the recognition that no matter where you come from, you can make it. You can make it to the top. 
You don't need to have an MBA from Harvard to be successful. You don't need to be born on third base to make it to home plate. In the case of Dave Cody, here was a guy who on paper, one would look at him and say, this guy's never going to be a Fortune 100 CEO, but he was, was one of the most successful business leaders of his day. Uh, so to me, that's that's uh, number one. And then number two, that moment with Jack Welch at GE, that pivotal moment in his career. There were other interesting things that we spoke about uh, now that I'm thinking back to that episode. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, um, I know Dave is a big New England Patriots fan. So Wow, you, have, him, you remember this. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're right. And uh, so I asked him about his time spent. He spent some time with the Patriots. So I asked him about that. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that he spoke about, which is really a core theme of my podcast, which is the core principles of leadership are universal. You mm -hmm. spend time around leaders in football. You spend time around leaders in business. You spend time around yeah. leaders in the military. The key themes that emerge are really universal. Another thing that I asked him about, which I thought was interesting, was I asked him about um, his relationship with President Obama and what he learned from President Obama. And one thing that I'll share with your listeners, Ben, is uh, despite whatever my personal political views are, and I certainly have personal political views, um, my show is not about politics at all. Mm -hmm. Zero. And the goal of the show is to help everyone listening become more successful in their lives, more successful in their careers, more successful as leaders, regardless of whatever your political persuasion is. Yeah, yeah I pick and, up on uh, that. Yeah, we don't we don't go into ideology or anything like that. I've had a lot of political leaders on. I've had cabinet members, U.S. senators, yep. but we're not. This isn't to alienate anyone, regardless of what your political ideology is. But um, so, but I did ask Dave what he learned from his time around President Obama, what leadership lessons. He was able to draw. I thought that was really interesting. So this so, all stands out because I'm learning with my listeners. So a, a couple of things come to me in listening. Number one is I wrote down how to remember the most important things. And then I just jotted down from what you said, uh, let yourself be impacted. So it's one thing to listen, but like you said, be present. And I think when you're present, you're allowing yourself to sort of absorb and be impacted. And I think there that is a really when you when you're impacted, as you say, use that word impacted by an interview, or or if you're seven years old at a baseball game, you're gonna remember it. And, Great and observation. Yourself. Yeah, a really astute observation, Ben. And I I think it's being open minded. Mm. I love the, what you shared uh, when it comes to being present, that's something that I believe in so strongly, whether it's in my professional life or in my personal life, I'm always really focused on just being in the moment, being in the here, being in the now, whoever I'm with, I'm with them. I'm then and there. Now, the flip side of it is uh, I, I tell people all the time, audiences I speak to, I believe most people in life are bad at most things. Uh, we're all good at some things. Mm -hmm. We all have that one thing about us that makes us special. But among the many, many, many things that I'm bad at is uh, being punctual. So 
I was late I, for anyone listening to this podcast episode. I was a couple minutes late dialing in. So <laughs> part of it is because when you're so present, not to make excuses for myself, but I am going to make excuses for myself. When you are so present, when you're in that moment, you have a tendency to lose track of time or I have a tendency to lose track of time. And you know, every strength does have a shadow side. And if, you know, that's a pretty good one. If you're that present and you're that focused, you can, you, you can get a little, little leeway sometimes on the punctuality <laughs> side. Uh, so, uh, it seems like when I listen to your show that there's a lot of research that goes into it. Um, how much time, I mean, like you, you podcast hosts come at it from different angles where some are like, look, I don't want to know anything about the person other than maybe their name and title. And I just want to sort of discover it as I go along. And some people, some podcast hosts like a Tim Ferriss or something, you know, for example, are going to go so deep so they can ask these sort of nuanced uh, questions that maybe they've never been asked before. Uh, what's your perspective on preparation versus sort of improvisation in the interview? And, and how do you like to go about it? Great question. I do an enormous amount of preparation. Enormous. John Wooden had that great line, hmm. failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Yeah. And I live by that. Mm -hmm. And when I first started, I had the perspective that was more along the lines of the first group of podcast hosts that you described. Mm -hmm. Kind of just go in and just improvise and learn, discover. Well, it was more along the lines of I'm a natural conversationalist. I can mm -hmm. draw out interesting things and this will be easy and fun. And it was, it was great, but the episodes clearly were not reaching their potential because I wasn't as prepared as I could have been. And I would say whatever that number was, five, six, seven episodes in, I, I realized that I, I had to very uh, immediately change my approach. And I just, I started doing research and more research and more research and to the point now where, where I do, no matter who I'm interviewing, I just did an interview with Joe Madden. Um, and I don't know how many of your listeners are big baseball fans, but Joe Madden, one of the most successful managers in modern baseball history. And I am a huge Angels fan. And I actually met Joe Madden when I was a little kid and I was uh, pestering him to try to ask him to give me a baseball. So I, I know Joe, I know who Joe Madden is for 30 years because of my love for the angels. And I go to every angel game I can. I watch the angels whenever they're on TV, which is every night when I can't watch them on TV, I'm listening to them on the radio. So there's no bigger angel fan in the world than I am. Um, even that interview, the amount of preparation I did was as much as any person I'm interviewing. Mm. I could be interviewing someone who I know nothing about. I could be interviewing someone who I'm friends with and I'm doing a deep dive on my friend. So I know every detail about them. Now you mentioned Tim Ferriss and his interview style. I, I feel like I have my own interview style. Everyone has their own interview style. I don't come in um, with, let's, how do I frame, how do I phrase this? 
I might have an idea as to where I want to take the interview. Mm -hmm. I might have an idea as to certain topics that mm -hmm. I think will be valuable for my audience to hear my guest um, go into. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do keep it free flowing. Um, I did an interview with, uh, and I use this as an example, I did an interview with the CEO of US Cellular. I saw that. Yep. I listened to that. Theraval. Mm -hmm. And I went into that interview and I had, just like every interview I do, I, I went in extremely well prepared. I went in with a bunch of different topics that I thought would be really interesting to go into. And uh, so we, we start the interview and we go into one of the topics and, and next thing you know, that's the interview. That was basically the interview was because we went into one topic and we got so engaged and back and forth and it led to all these follow-up questions. And, and that was one of my favorite interviews. Mm -hmm. And hmm. you can't, my, my view is that you can't script it. So you can come in extremely well prepared Now you can script it, but it's not going to be as good. So uh, I feel like there's this happy medium between being extremely well prepared, knowing where you want to take it, but also being open-minded to the fact that there is this improv factor where you're going where things should go. You're going with the pitch. I played baseball. I wasn't the best baseball player by any means, but I know enough to know that if the ball's on the outside part of the plate, you try to push it. You try to hit it to the opposite field. You don't try to pull it. And that's what I try to do here. I love it. I love it. And it's, I would say your, your framework for 30 minutes makes it tough because you're doing the more research you do. I mean, I, I almost never get to all my questions in, in interviews and I, and I don't go, I usually, I usually push, I usually go probably 45 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, uh, but these guys like, you know, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, they can go forever. And your format, you know, is interesting because you have the research, but yeah, you have to be flexible because you've got to, you only have 30 minutes or so. Um, and if you're just going deep on one topic, you've got to save those other ones for another day. It sounds like. You're literally talking about the most interesting, accomplished, successful people that you could talk to, that you could bring to audiences. And it's a double-edged sword because I would love nothing more than to spend days and days and days extracting valuable insights from these incredibly accomplished individuals. But yeah. on the flip side, I do think there's this magic to 30 minutes. And Ben, I shared with you, I shared with your listeners, I am not the world's most punctual person. I'm actually probably the world's least That's punctual That's another person. thing. You're not the most so, punctual person. And so, you've got 30 minutes. So my, my episodes are very rarely exactly 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, they, they go might be over 32 minutes, they might be 35 minutes, yeah. but I really try to stick as closely as I can they, to that 30 minute they mark are. because yeah. I just think that that for listeners and I am very respectful of my audience, I just think that's the magic number. That's the mm -hmm. amount of time mm -hmm. that they have that they can commit. And you know what? If a listener has more than 30 minutes, great, listen to another episode. Um you know, there there's plenty to choose from. 150 to choose from and counting. 
Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. What's one of your favorite interview questions? Oh, man, so many. Um, I, I end every interview, not every interview, but I end most interviews with the question, with the following question, which when I started asking it, I by no means thought it was the most brilliant or profound question, but I just started asking it because I thought it would be a good way to give guests the opportunity to share a parting thought. And that question is, what can anyone listening do to become more successful personally and professionally? Hmm. And I just started asking that. And I don't end every interview that way, but I end most interviews that way. And I found that guests really take to it. Hmm. And that question, I find guests really, it allows them to really, um, almost summarize their thoughts with a, with a parting powerful takeaway or collection of takeaways, or in some cases, really powerful anecdote. Joe Madden uh, shared this incredible story about his own journey through that last question. Our, my interview with Joe Madden went way beyond the 30 minute mark. We went over so many really interesting topics. And then at the end, I asked him, Joe, what can anyone listening do to become more successful personally and professionally? And all of a sudden, he basically told his story about how he was working in a liquor store after he was out of baseball as a player, but because the new scouting director for the Angels saw him work really, really hard as a backup catcher, and now he's in this position, calls him up working out of the liquor store and says, mm-hmm you want to start coaching in our system. And it was just this kind of like, but somehow that question extracts mm. a very profound uh, either insight or set of insights from everyone who I interview. Wow. Yeah. And if, and I like the, where in the interview process, you put it towards the end where maybe you sort of get them and they're in a more of an introspective state of mind. And then you hit them with that and then versus at the beginning and you probably get even a, yeah, you don't know where that'll go, but I bet it's exciting to have it revealed. Um, but for someone listening today who doesn't have a podcast yet, but has been thinking about it, what advice do you have for them for getting started? Getting started on a podcast or getting started in their journey in life, getting started Starting in what capacity? Starting a podcast. Well, on, on this question, I was thinking specifically in a pod, on starting a podcast. So for anyone interested in starting a podcast, the best advice that I can give is ask yourself, why are you interested in starting a podcast? Hmm. Because I think that that will fuel you and will ultimately drive whether you are successful in going forward with your podcast or Mm -hmm. whether you realize that the podcast isn't the right path for you. One thing I can tell you is that, and Ben 
I would be blown out of my mind if you don't agree with this. But in my experience, having a podcast is an enormous amount of work. And if you want (laughs) to do it right, yeah, there you go. And if you want to do it right, it's even more work. So ask yourself, why? Why do I want to do this? What is driving me? What is my motivation? And if you have a really good answer to that, and that answer is so strong and so clear that you're willing to put all the work that's involved mm. in not only starting a podcast, because starting it isn't really that hard. It's, it's really the, the continuation of it mm-hmm. because you're hearing me describe to Ben how much work goes in to preparing for each interview. The interview itself, that's the fun part. You get to spend time. Ben, right now you and I are chatting. This is this is a ton of fun, but the preparation and all that goes on behind the scenes, um, it's like in any business. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes, all the hard work that no one sees. I remember when I first started the Velos Group and we had all these uh, interns come in and work for us and they were all, I think, pretty shocked by the fact that when you start your own company, it's not all fun and games. It's actually a lot of hard work. There are a lot of things that founders have to do that are anything but glamorous. On the contrary, it's actually mostly not glamorous. And um, there are a lot of great things about starting your own business. There are a lot of great things about starting your own podcast. But to be successful at it, you have to really, um, you have to really ultimately be passionate about why you're doing it. Yeah, I, I, and you just, and you share that passion towards the beginning of this. So I'm referring listeners back to that to hear why you started because that's the first question I asked of this segment, and I think you really did a great job of sharing that. And I do like starting with why on it because a, a podcast. I saw a statistic that the average podcast has seven episodes or something like that. And people get frustrated out there when they start a podcast and very few people are listening, but it takes time. And a podcast is a grind because it's just, you're putting it out there and people have to find it. People have to sort of get into it and it does take time. And if you don't have a clear why, a motivation, uh, you know, a clear direction on it, then it won't go very long, which, which is okay. Uh, but I like thinking about why first, and that'll save you some time down the road. Uh, curious, what's the some of the worst leadership advice that you've heard? Wow. What's some of the worst leadership advice that I heard? Whew, I'm going to have to think about that one. Um What's the, what's some of the worst leadership advice that you've heard, Ben? <laughs> Wait a minute here. Are you interviewing me on my show? Actually, that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Uh, well, let me see. What's some of the worst advice I've heard recently? <clears throat> hmm. Well, let's see. A lot of the ones that come up oftentimes are kind of the most cliche stuff. So, or you can kind of flip it on its head. Like, uh, to be honest, I can't think of anything right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a tough question. But one of the things, you know, you know, one of the things that 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 
ties into what you're saying. One is on one hand, follow your passion is great advice. On the other hand, it's not because I think in your explanation earlier, you qualified it, right? You, for example, you said follow your passion. It also means that you're good at it. <laughs> yeah. You're following your passion and you're not good at it. It may not be great advice. And what was this? What was the other part of it uh, about wanna, leadership? Yeah. You, well, you want to find something that you love doing. You want to find something that you're great at and you want to find something that allows you to make a positive impact in the lives of positive others. Positive impact. Yeah. So it might be some of the worst advice or the best advice, depending on how you're willing to look at it. But sometimes we boil these things down into these one-liners without really understanding the sort of the model behind it that makes it work. And that can save us some, save us some mistake making. Ben, I'll say this. I'm very fortunate right now. I'm very blessed that I get to spend my time with people who are sharing really, really, really good advice. The guests I have on my podcast are people who have made it to the top and they have extremely wise, profound things to say. And no matter how many people I've interviewed, I've interviewed more than 500 of America's top leaders. I'm learning with them. And mm. earlier in my career, I was not quite as, uh, not all the advice I received was, was as good as the advice that I receive now with every podcast interview I do. So when mm. you ask me, What's some bad advice you've heard recently? I'm very fortunate that, you know, like this week I've done a few podcast interviews and mm -hmm. it's all been unbelievable advice. I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great. And anyone listening to the podcast hears me say it because I'm building on it. I'm agreeing with it. I'm trying to throw in my two cents to help, uh, you know, accelerate the conversation. So what? When, when was the moment? I haven't been around a lot of bad leaders recently. Earlier in my career, yes, we've all been around bad leaders in our career. And uh, as you move along, you have a little bit more control in terms of who you get to surround yourself with. Yeah, sometimes seeing what not to do, especially earlier in your career, is a great thing. It can help you. It can, it can help you with that bad manager. Say, I'm so glad I had that bad manager. And I'm raising my hand right now, everybody, because I've had a few. I've had some great ones, but I've had someone that weren't so great. And they taught me what not to do because they demonstrated it to me <laughs> each and every day. I'm curious from a podcasting standpoint, kind of going back to that a question, like two questions before. If there was a moment that you recognized, hey, podcasting is not something I'm trying, but it's something that I really want to get serious about. Like you said, you did a couple interviews this week already. Uh, what, what was that inflection point like? When I started, I started all in. Mm, right I'm the gate. kind of person that doesn't do things halfway, for better mm. or worse. Mm. It's not something that's necessarily good. Maybe it's maybe it is good. Maybe it isn't good. But when I commit to doing something, I'm committed. I'm all in. So when I decided mm. to start Thirty Minute Mentors. I went all in. My first three episodes were with the founder of Kayak, the CEO of Deloitte Consulting, and Suzanne Summers, and was off to the races. So there was no trial. There was no 14-day 
trial or, or, you know, anything like that. It was, I'm doing this and I'm going to make it work. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because you did go, you really hit the scene hard in the podcasting with high level, uh, well-known and not, you know, business leaders, some people that are maybe more in the celebrity category, impact makers and nonprofit. And you've really had some high profile people right out of the gate. Uh, what's been, uh, your, I don't know if it's the secret to sort of attracting those guests. Is it through like relationships or through, uh, you know, what, I don't know. What's the, what's the secret sauce if there is any there to, to attracting great, great guests. Secret sauce, which I'm going to share right now. So it's not going to be secret anymore, <laughs> but it's, it really isn't that secret is build something that people want to be a part of. Mm. And the advice is applicable regardless of what you're building. You could be building a podcast or you could be building a company, build something that people want to be a part of. Yeah. I noticed it on your LinkedIn profile, you it, this really piqued my interest. You had a first internship at TWC Sports Management, and what role did that kind of internship have, or how did it play out in your career for sort of setting the foundation for a, a for success? Great question. So. I started interning at TWC Sports Management when I was in high school. And the backstory is that the uh, person who runs TWC, which is a great sports agency, uh, is uh, one of the most successful agents in Major League Baseball and was and is uh, a mentor to me, very, very early mentor. And when I was um, looking for an internship, I approached him and asked him, you know, I'm looking for an internship in baseball. I really want to work in baseball. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have? Do you have any suggestions as to where I can apply, what I can do? And he said, well, why don't you intern for me? So, yeah, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. Great. That would be. And um, so I interned for him for one summer and then had a great experience and then interned for him the following summer, had a great experience. And it really just been, it's been a great relationship over the years. And I learned so many lessons through those internships, through that relationship. And we can spend an entire episode just talking about that. But if I had to pull a few things out, number one is really the power of mentorship. I think that no matter what age you are. It's really important to have a mentor in your life, to have multiple mentors, to have people who you could turn to and just ask them questions. Hey, where can I, I'm looking for an internship. What do you suggest I do? Or, you know, in, in this case, so many different points throughout my career where I was trying to figure out what's next, which path should I take? Mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. the right move for me? Just having someone to talk to and having someone who you respect very, very deeply, who you can just bounce ideas off of and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? What 
What would you do if you were in my shoes? What suggestions do you have? So the relationship really started because I was a kid who was incredibly obsessed with baseball. Uh, I'm no longer a kid. I still am incredibly obsessed with baseball. (laughs) But the relationship evolved to a real friendship that transcended our shared love for baseball. And um, Uh, great. I mean, Adam, that is just so powerful. And you had the courage to go ask somebody that you held in high esteem early on for leadership advice. And they talked about mentors and they talked they offered you an internship. And that and it sounds like you were a great student and a great mentee in that moment. And it led to multiple years. And it is it is powerful. And I think while we all need mentors throughout life, I'm a believer in them. I think by encouraging the younger generation to seek them out early on, uh beyond uh beyond your parents. I think there's magic in that. And I don't think people take enough advantage of that. Um, Because I think great mentorship too compounds over time. If you found it be the case, but it sounds like you do. Yeah. (laughs) Based on this. Yeah. Yeah, And because they grow and you grow. Over the years, I've really learned to rethink the definition of mentorship and Hmm. I think it's really important to have a great mentor. I think it's also important to have what I call mini mentors. So you could have someone who, like this sports agent who you and I are chatting about, um, has been a great mentor to me. I think it's also important to have people who you might not necessarily meet with them once a month or Mm -hmm. might not be able to shoot them a text message whenever you want, but there could be people who you talk to once a year or once every five years or once could be one conversation that can change the trajectory of your career, change the trajectory of your life. If you think about Ben in your life and your career, I'm sure you could think back to people who you've met where one conversation is a game changer. So true. So true. In the earlier ones, it was about a lot of times it was People too, I got thinking back to a couple of things. One is when someone would see something in me that I didn't see in myself, um, that, uh, I was blind to, which seemed to happen a lot, especially when I was younger. And sometimes it still happens today. Uh, another one would be when a, a voice of encouragement from someone that I deeply respect to keep going when I'm thinking about quitting or making a huge change. They're like, hey, you know, there, there's a path ahead that I can't see uh, uh, that they can. And uh, then as I've gotten older, some of the big mentors have been the ones that have shaken me up a little bit. Where uh, maybe I was doing something or starting something that wasn't a good idea, even though I was all guns blazing. And... I think maybe earlier in my life, I wouldn't be open to that kind of mentorship, but I'm much more open to it now. I guess the years have, the years can make that kind of impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, Ben, to your first point, uh, one of my guests in the podcast was Trip Hawkins. And for listeners of your show who may not know who Trip Hawkins is, Trip is the founder of Electronic Arts. 
one of the largest video game companies yeah, huge. in the world. Yep. And Trip is known as one of the greatest visionaries, one of the greatest innovators, one of the greatest leaders in the history of the video game industry. And in my conversation with Trip on 30 Minute Mentors, one of the things we spoke about was early on in his career, he was an early employee at Apple. And I asked him about his experience there and what he learned from his time spent with Steve Jobs and from his time spent at Apple. And something mm-hmm. that he brought up was that one day Steve Jobs came over to him and said, you know, Trip, you really have great vision. You're a real visionary. And this young Trip Hawkins mm. thought, wow. For Steve Jobs to say to me that that I have great vision, that I'm creative, that that I, you know, that for him to say that uh, gave him the confidence to act on the vision that he had. Wow! Yeah. So Trip had all these ideas. What a moment! Yeah, he had all these ideas as to things he wanted to do to try to disrupt the video game industry, yeah. and. Almost that, you know, kind of anointment from Steve Jobs coming over and saying, you are creative, you are visionary, um, gave him the confidence to go out and act on his vision. Whew. I got a chill here on that story. Because <laughs> I have not listened to that one. I, I want to check that out. Weather, ben, you're, you're in a colder state than I am. <laughs> yeah, we're in Charleston. Man. So... <laughs> Yes. Wow. What a, what a great illustration. And I know we don't have a lot more time, but I've got a lot more questions. Um, I'm going to narrow, I'm going to try to try to prioritize these here. Uh, one of the things that strikes me too, is how varied your career has been. I mean, just to list out sports management, movie production, banking, consulting, of course, speaking from the stage and the entrepreneurial ventures and the businesses that you know, that I mentioned it in your introduction. What did you learn from having such an extremely varied and broad career? I think, I think one big takeaway is the importance of being flexible. Hmm. I think that you can chart out the course in front of you, but the course that you chart out is most likely going to be very different than what you have in mind. So they say man plans, God laughs. And I really believe in that. Uh When I was in college, there's a really, um, you ask about my memory, Ben, and this is one thing that I remember vividly. Like it was yesterday. I was a sophomore at USC and I was taking a political science class and we had a guest speaker And the guest speaker was a guy by the name of Stephen Sample. Stephen Sample was the president of the university that I went to, the University of Southern California, Mm -hmm. USC. Mm -hmm. And Stephen Sample was one of the great leaders in the world of higher ed. Anyone listening to this podcast who's interested can look him up. Stephen Sample took USC from being a okay ranked academic school to being this elite academic institution. 
and was just a highly respected leader, incredible guy. Stephen Sample was the speaker in my class. And he gave a talk, and one of the things he shared was that in your lifetimes, this is what he said to us, in your lifetimes, you're going to have five to six different careers, not jobs, but careers. And I was 19 years old at the time, and I just remember thinking, man, I really admire and respect Stephen Sample, but what is he talking about? <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run a major league baseball team. Mm. And maybe this old man needs to be put out to pasture. Mm-hmm. But that was the 19-year-old Adam speaking. And mm-hmm. the 19-year-old Adam had no perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, you ask me now, 20 years later, I will tell you that that was incredibly valuable advice. That, you know, I probably have five or six different careers right now. So what is the the takeaway? Yeah, and at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So what is is the takeaway? The takeaway is that you need to equip yourself with a skill set that allows you to be successful in not one specific job or one specific career. Because what you do today might be very different than what you do tomorrow. What you do tomorrow might be very different than what you do next year. So develop a skill set that allows you to be successful in no matter what it is you take on. Anyway, that's now how do you do that? That's a conversation for another time. That's actually what I speak to audiences about. I have a whole mm. keynote on that, but I know that mm. we have a limited amount of time. Yeah, well, I, I think if that's a great. Interested. Well, I think that's a great place to wind up. Um, it also leaves them, you know, do check out Thirty Minute Mentors. <laughs> go to Adams, you know, Adams' website, which we'll have in the show notes, and you know, and, and get more on your keynote on that. But man. I got another chill from Charles and South Carolina <laughs> because you, because you're right. And and I love so things, so many things I love about that story. Number one, you said the 19 year old Adam. So it's important for people to recognize is as a leader, you know, we're, we're evolving. Even where we are today will be different a year from now, a day. I'm different now after this podcast interview <laughs> with you. <laughs> so this is how life is and accept it for your team that they're growing and we as leaders get to help them evolve. But I love the idea of, from a career standpoint, being flexible and understanding that I think the Latin root of the word career is journey or something along those lines. I can't remember that entomology of it, but it's a career is a journey, right? It's a path. And I love the, I love the toolkit that you've given us today from a, a couple of things. One on your on your podcast, which I've been enjoying. I think the listeners are going to enjoy. So I'm glad we got into this and we get to talk a little shop on podcast and podcasting world. Then we dove into your career and thoughts on leadership and then career. So we touched on a lot of stuff. Uh Adam, one more parting thought for our listeners here to go to your or and, and where can they find you here? Well, I try to make it really easy for anyone interested in finding me, which is just my name, Adam Mendler. So you could find me at adammendler.com. You can find me 
on all the social media platforms at Adam Mendler, at Adam Mendler on Instagram, at Adam Mendler on Twitter, LinkedIn, Adam Mendler. Try to make it pretty straightforward. 30 Minute Mentors, uh, all spelled out, the word 30 Minute Mentors, available on all podcasting apps. However, you're listening to this great podcast, 30 Minute Mentors. And Ben, if I have to share one last parting word, I would say that this is really, I shared it a little bit earlier. I, I share it with all audiences I speak to. I believe that most people in life are bad at most things. We're all good at a few things. We all have that one thing about us that makes us special. The more quickly you could figure out what it is about you that makes you special, the more successful you'll be in life, the more successful you'll be in business, the more successful you'll be as a leader. So get on that journey. The most important journey you can get on, the journey of self-discovery. We spoke a little bit about the importance of self-awareness, understanding yourself. Know thyself. What are the three maxims of Delphi? First one, know thyself. So this is the journey. Listening to Ben's podcast, great way to get to know thyself because if you want to lead others, you have to start by leading yourself. Before you can effectively lead others, you need to lead your own life. So get started today. Best time to start right now. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Ben. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.